أعوذ بالله من الشيطان اللعين الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد ربي انتكنا بالهدى وألهمنا التقوى السلام عليكم جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته I begin in the name of Allah, the most kind, the most merciful. It's due to that kindness and mercy that He gives us opportunities such as these where we gather in remembrance and glorification of Him, Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. I start by uh, praying and hoping, inshallah, that all of you are well, that you are healthy, that we are truly maximizing every opportunity that we have in this month to become the best servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we can. Uh, this is my final lecture with you today. Uh, we're going to try our best, inshallah, to complete the story and the hikam and the, and the lessons for that we learn from the story of Prophet Dawood alayhi salam. I do ask that, inshallah, that you keep my family and I in your prayers. You know, they say out of uh, out of sight, out of mind. So I, I hope you don't forget about me <laughs> after these nights, especially when we come to the nights of Qadr. Uh, know that the entire community is in my prayers inshallah and i ask that you keep us in yours as well inshallah so we want to finish as much as we can today uh, and wrap up this discussion and inshallah we have appreciated um the the lessons that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to teach us through the life of prophet dawood alayhi salam so we continue with some moral lessons or one more moral lesson then we go through some advice that Allah gives Prophet Dawood alayhi salam for us um, directly. Um, in this tradition or in this story it's about a man um, who Prophet Dawood alayhi salam um, sees um, who is a show-off, somebody who does things for the pleasure of others. And so Imam al-Baqir alayhi salam says, Kana fi bani Israel abid. فَأُعْجِبَ بِهِ دَاوُودَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ says that there, there was a worshipper from amongst the Banu, Banu Israel um, who Dawood looked at and was impressed by. And so Allah reveals to him and says, O Dawood, do not be impressed with him for he is showing off in his piety. That means he is not authentic or he doesn't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, sincerely. And so Dawood took that as a lesson. And when the man died, Dawood did not attend his funeral. However, the tradition says that 50 people attended who each testified that they witnessed nothing but goodness of the deceased naturally because they did not have the inner knowledge that Dawood would have and they just saw him as an Abid. And so they prayed to Allah and they said that we don't know anything but good from this person. Following this burial, Allah asks Dawood, why didn't you attend the funeral of this person? And he says that because of what you told me about him. And Allah says that that may be the case, O Dawood, but when the pious and religious amongst the community give witness that they did not know anything but good from it, I accepted their witnessing and forgave him. SubhanAllah. Um, again, like, don't look at this as a naqs or a deficiency in Dawood, right? Like, I'm replying, I'm replying, I think I'm mentioning this in all the lectures. I think Allah, like, teaches us these things for us, for us to understand. And in this particular story, there are tons of beautiful lessons that we can take. You know, for example, like the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, man, it has no limits, right? Like um, one, one should never despair 
in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Quran uh, from Surah Al-Zumar, verse number 53, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ That say to my servants who have transgressed against themselves through sinning, لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله. Do not despair in the mercy of Allah. إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا. That indeed Allah will forgive all of your sins. Just come to Him, right? And so one should never despair in the mercy of Allah. You know, in in these in this example in particular, the mercy of Allah is so overwhelming, right? That he still gives chances of redemption even after one's death. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Now naturally, we shouldn't rely on that, right? Like we shouldn't be like, ah, I'll say 40 manasu, my dua kari There will 40 people will come and they will pray for me. No, don't rely on that, right? Like what if God forbid I die somewhere where there's only one person and then I lose this chance. Live the life, live the life, right? Live the life now. Turn towards the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now, confess to Him now, change now, because tomorrow is not written for anybody, right? And so this is something that you and I should should rely on, should strive for, should should work towards. Because we do if we do, I swear to you, there's no limits to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So that's I think a really powerful lesson that we can get from this. Um, another lesson that we can take from this is that the beauty of Allah is so so indescribable that He hides our faults from others, right? Um, like if if this man who was a show off, if everybody knew he was a show off, these people wouldn't come and say these things, right, about that person. Um, and so it's it's really a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He hides our faults, right? Um, and it's this tradition that, again, I'm repeating that we mentioned a couple of, of lectures back. And I said this is one of my favorite traditions from Imam Ali alayhi salam. And it's worth repeating where he says, لَوْ تَكَاشَفْتُمْ مَا تَدَافَنْتُمْ That if you were revealed, yeah, if you were exposed, like what is happening in your mind and what is happening in your heart, if these things were exposed, no one would even bury you, right? So it's a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, that He hides uh, our faults from others. But then this adds a level of responsibility on our end as well, right? That we need to keep our, our deficiencies and our vices secret, right? Like... Today, like shame and haya is just like almost dwindling to that extent where there is no problem if other people know of my sins. Um, and I don't want to go into particular types of sins, but we, we, we announce things today, right? We display our level of religiosity or our lack of religiosity towards others. Whether it's in gatherings, in weddings, in these type of things, we are very quick to let people know at what level we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, man, keep it to yourselves. Keep it to yourselves, right? Like, if we want Allah to be sattar al-uyub and hiding our faults, then we got to do our part and, and keep our faults to ourselves, right? And I, the more we keep these faults to ourselves, the greater the chance to... 
um, to fix them, to amend them, right? Like even if, for example, like I uh, publicize my sins and then let's say I, I change and I make that, that striving for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as my goal, the fact that I have announced these, people have already formed an opinion of me. People already see me a certain way, right? Um, and that is tough to overcome, right? Now, it's not your fault. But if you had kept it a secret and then changed, the struggle wouldn't be as difficult. You guys catch or feel what I'm trying to say, right? Keep it hidden. Better yet, don't do it, obviously, is what we're trying to say. But none of us are perfect, but we don't have to publicize anything. Do not publicize anything, right? I think that's a really important lesson that we can take from this. And and the fourth, the... I can't stress this enough. I talk about this all the time. I know in the time of um, of uh, pandemic, things are different. But the importance of attending Salatul Mayyid, right? Um, we see from this uh, from this example or this story the effect that the the witnessing that people gave on on that on that Abid of Banu Israel was so effective. We have very similar traditions, right? Um, from for example, Imam Al Sadiq. Alayhi afdalu salatu wa salam Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad where he is reported to have said إِذَا مَاتَ الْمُؤْمِنِ فَحَضَرَ جَنَازَتَهُ أَرْبَعُونَ رَجُلًا that when a believer dies and 40 people attend his funeral and they all say Allahumma inna la na'lamu minhu illa khaira that oh Allah we do not know anything but goodness from this person wa anta a'lamu bihi minna but you are more aware of him but we don't know anything he says that Allah replies back and said qad ajastu shahadatakum i accept your witnessing i have have favored your witnessing wa ghafartu lahu and i have forgiven that person even though I know what that person is. Even though I know what you do not know, I have forgiven him. This is the power of this, right? And so this is not something small. We have a responsibility to, to assist each other in every way that we can. And this is one of the ways that we assist each other. So again, a really powerful story, a really beautiful story that resonates with me on so many different levels. Uh, and I'm sure it resonates with you um, in those levels as well. The next part is basically some advice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to Prophet Dawood. And we're going to try to go through this as swiftly as we can so that we can draw an end to the story of Prophet Dawood alayhi salam. Um, I had selected five traditions, but I'm not sure if we'll get through all of them. The first one is from Imam Asadiq alayhi salam. Allahu Azza wa Jal ila Dawood that Allah revealed to Prophet Dawood and said, Inna al-abda min ibadi la ya'atini bil hasana fa'udkhiluhu al-jannah. He says that if a servant from amongst my servants was to bring one particular deed or one good deed, I would allow them to enter into paradise. So Dawood says, Ya Rabbi, wa ma tilka al-hasana. What is that one good deed? And he replies, يُفَرِّجُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِ كُرْبَتَهُ وَلَوْ بِتَمْرَةِ SubhanAllah. He says that if he were to relieve another believer of a hardship or difficulty, even by the feeding him of one date, I would allow him to enter paradise. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Dawood replies back, he says, Oh Allah, if only they knew of this, they, no one would lose mercy in you. 
You know, my brothers and sisters, this is the month of Ramadan. This is the month in which we are told to assist and help people. Have we done something for someone today? Yeah. We don't have to do this once a month. Try and do something for someone every day. Make a phone call. Send a message. Um, deliver fatia. Do something. Bring a smile to someone's face. Um, help. There are so many causes out there. Help as much as you can, as much as we can. Um, to, to make the lives of others better. Uplift the life of others, right? Because everyone's going through something. Um, we have a responsibility to try and uplift. Do as much as you can. Man, if we understood, you know, like how precious life is, that we have this one chance to do as much as you can. You know, like, I'm, I, I'm thinking for some reason about, like, I had this vision, you know, of some people who enter into this money chamber and the money is flying everywhere and you got this one chance to grab as much as you can and you see them stuffing it everywhere. Um, that's how it is dunya, yeah? Stuff hasanat as much as you can, yeah? Take as much goodness as you can and do it. Do it now. And you know, more than doing something for someone else, I tell you a secret, yeah? Have you inconvenienced yourself for somebody else? Yeah. See, it's one thing for me to give. Very easy today. Open up the Jamaat app. One click. I gave Sadaqah. Good. Good. But if I inconvenience myself for others, that's the mark of a higher level of Abd. Right? There's this hadith, you know, that, um, again, it's one of my favorite traditions. You can't laugh when I say that. I mean it, yeah? Uh, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam says in the tradition Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad that there are four kinds of people, right? There is a sakhi, um, a kareem, a bakhil, and a laim. Um, and I don't, there's, a, there's a person who is generous and then there's a person who is even more generous, open-handed, just open-handed, right? Um, and then there's a stingy and a vile person. I, I've, I've touched upon this in the past, but it's a very beautiful hadith. But I'm just going to stick to the first half about the, the generous person and the open-handed person. Both who are fantastic. But what does he say? He says that, that the sakhi is alladhi ya'kul wa yu'ti. is a person who eats and gives to other people. Right? This is like, alhamdulillah, I have, I'm going to give. Right? But he says, Al-Kareem, the Kareem, the one who is open-handed, is the one, Alladhi la ya'kul wa yu'ti. Is the one who himself or herself does not eat, but will give to other people. It doesn't mean we starve. It doesn't mean we don't provide for, no. It means that once in a while, I'll make myself inconvenient to make someone else convenient. Ah, oh, subhanAllah. What a beautiful person that is. A beautiful person that is. This is why like I like I admire our volunteers, you know. Our volunteers, may Allah give them a long life, accept all of their hajat. You know, all of these benefits that we get are because of them. Sometimes, you know, the volunteers tell me that oh, I, we miss on the amal and we miss on this. I say, Baba, you're serving the creation of God. Yeah, you're serving the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is, in my humble opinion, worth more than all the amals that I do on Laylatul Qadr. You make one person happy, right? We do these amal wise so that we can get the light of God in us so that we can help other people. 
right? These people are already helping other people. Yeah, they have a daraja, my brothers and sisters, that, that we won't understand, right? Because they are these examples of Karim. They are the ones who are making it inconvenient for themselves for the convenience of others. May Allah reward them abundantly, inshallah. Sallu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. Um, there are other traditions. Um, if we get time, I'll come back to these, inshallah. Yeah? But I want to just finish off and wrap up the discussion. And then these are there for us to come back to at a later time. Um, it's always good, in my belief, to have more than to have uh, less. And so that I am just end up rambling. But alhamdulillah, we have more. So it's good. Um, we come to now the, the end and wrapping up this discussion of Prophet Dawood alayhi salam, right? Um, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses Prophet Dawood with a son. Um, we know as Prophet Sulaiman. And Prophet Dawood is assigned the responsibility of training and preparing Sulaiman alayhi salam for the day that he will be the next Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we get traditions, for example, Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam narrates that Dawood would constantly give advice and glad tidings to and teachings to Sulaiman, preparing him, molding him. And one of these he would say, My son, beware of too much laughter, for too much laughter leaves you empty-handed on the Day of Judgment. I advise you to maintain lengthy silence unless there is something good that must be said. For to regret once over a lengthy silence is better than to regret always for having said too much. Subhanallah. Um, my son, if speech is silver, then silence must be gold. Subhanallah. Law anna al-kalam kana min fidda, kana yambaghi lis-samti an yakuna min al-dhahab. Sallu ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. Um, and so Prophet Dawood would constantly train his son in this way. And when it was time, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then orders Dawood to proclaim Sulaiman as his successor. Dawood, Allah says in the Quran, and Sulaiman inherited from Dawood. That he said, O oh people, we have been taught the language of the birds and we have been given from all things. Indeed, this is evident bounty. According to traditions, Sulaiman was only 13 years old when he was appointed as the successor um, of Dawood. Our Imam Al-Kazim says in the tradition that Dawood did not appoint Sulaiman as his successor until he had tested his intellect and he appointed him when he was 13 years old. Now, naturally, the appointment of Sulaiman at the age of 13 um, was not looked at favorably, right, by the Banu Israel. I mean, um, my God, right, like without having to go into lengthy details, like... Um, we don't, we find it very difficult to take instruction from someone young, right? Um, I know this, we know this, right? Let's like, like, what does he know, this kid? Um, and 
this is sadly the the situation that Suleiman alayhi salam found himself in being scrutinized for because of his age and so we get this really lengthy tradition right so on one hand the the banu israel thought that no how can this kid be the next successor and secondly they thought that Dawood was favoring his son have we not heard this before this sounds very familiar to uh, the the examples of our beloved prophet, right, and the things that he had to endure in the course of his life. Um, but Imam Sadiq salam has a very lengthy tradition on this, where he says that when Dawood salam intended to appoint Sulaiman as his successor at the orders of Allah, when this news reached the Banu Israel, they objected and said that how is it possible? to appoint a child while amongst us there are those who are older and so he called then Dawood alayhi salam called the chiefs of the Banu Israel and said to them the news of your objections has reached me um, and I call on you um, he said I call on you all to present your staffs or your walking sticks towards me the elders agreed um, and he who sorry and he whose staff comes to life and sprouts and blossoms shall be the ruler over my kingdom after me. And so the elders agreed. They said that whoever Allah makes this miracle take place from, right? Naturally, it's not like that they had um, like these uh, these canes or these sticks um, that that naturally sprouted back then. It was, they, they recognized that this was... A miracle of God and whoever God chose at that time would be good and so if it would happen in one of them it means that God was wanting this to happen right um, so the elders agreed to this arrangement and each one wrote their name on the staff and then they kept it um, and Suleiman did so as well and then these staffs were then locked up in a room that was guarded by the elders overnight the next morning when they unlocked the room it was only Suleiman's who had miraculously sprouted and blossomed and reluctantly the tradition says the elders accepted Dawood's appointment Sallu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad These objections are eerily um, similar isn't it? Very similar to the objections of the Quraysh um, and and uh, and some of the Banu Hashim when it came to the appointment of Imam Ali alayhi salam, isn't it? That um, we see this exact similar tone. That's what I'm saying. Like when we read these type of stories and when we hear these type of stories, like we need to really do some self-checking to make sure that man, are we just repeating the same mistakes over and over again? Um, because surely the Quraysh did, right? That when the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Prophet to invite his family right, at the Da'watul Ashira um, and to inform them of his position and he would say that which one of you will support me um, it was only Ali yeah, at that age of 12 or 13 who would stand up and, and, and support the Prophet until the Prophet said until we get in traditions for Imam Ali narrates for Akhaza biyadi he took me by my hand and call and said in hadha akhi wa wasiyi wa waziri wa khalifati fikum fasma'u lahu wa ati'u sallu ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad 
Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. He says that this is my brother and my wasi, my successor and my helper and the one who will be the Khalifa or representative after me for you. So listen to him and obey him. This is what we have been saying and we have mentioned many times, isn't it? That yes, we can go to Ghadir to prove Ali's Wilaya. But the Prophet had announced the Wilayat of Ali from the time Ali was 12 years old. SubhanAllah. Yeah, or 13 years old. Everyone knew it wasn't hidden, right? So there was other agendas naturally. But when the Prophet announced this, what happened? فَقَامَ الْقَوْمِ They stood up. Yeah, The people who were not ready to accept this message, they stood up. Hakun, They were laughing. Yeah. وَيَقُولُونَ لِأَبِي طَالِبِ And they were saying to Abu Talib alayhi salam قَدْ أَمَرَكَ أَن تَسْمَعَ لِإِبْنِكَ وَتُطِعَ He said, Oh Abu Talib, your nephew has ordered you to obey and listen to your son. Yeah, SubhanAllah. Same thing. Same thing, right? Um, but again, this was a miraculous event here at the time of Prophet Dawood and it led to Dawood Sulaiman alayhi salam being accepted. We come to the end of Prophet Dawood alayhi salam's life. We are told in traditions that Dawood alayhi salam lived till he was 100 years old. Our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam has said in a tradition, Asha Dawood mi'ata sana minha arba'una sanata mulkuhu. The Dawood alayhi salam lived till he was 100 years old and he ruled for 40 of those years as his main kingdom ship. Um, and then we are told that one day a guest paid him a visit. And this is a really cool story, right? Like um, all of a sudden we are told Dawood saw a person enter into uh, his castle or, his, or his, his area. And he said to him that, who are you and how did you come in here? Um, and he replies back that I am the one who enters the house of kings without their permission. And so he understood immediately that this was the angel of death. And so he says to him, again, as a lesson for us, yeah, that why didn't you give me any warnings that you were coming? I would have prepared for you. I would have prepared for death. And he replies back, he says, I sent you so many warnings. And he says that what warnings have you sent me? He said, where is your father and your brother and your neighbor and your other acquaintances? To which Dawood says they have all died. He said that they were my messengers to tell you that you soon shall die as well. And hence and such he took his soul and Suleiman inherited from his father. Sallu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. This is a beautiful lesson for us too. You know, we see it all around us. We can't with the right mind think that we are immune from this that we are not next. It is our turn anytime and uh, we need to prepare for it as best as we can, inshallah. These were the references that were used. May Allah uh, bless them for their work and their um, kindness of sharing their ilm with us, inshallah. This is where I leave off, inshallah. Uh, I have a couple minutes until the 30 minute mark, but I just wanted to, again, re-emphasize this point yeah that this is a month that is unparalleled um, 
let's not waste any opportunity that we have do as much as you can and try to split your day or your time where you make sure that you have time that is dedicated to the ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because in this month the ibadat is beautiful right um, and it's so powerful so spend some time with Quran, with Dua, with Munajat, with, with talking to Allah, reflecting, studying about Allah. And then make sure you take some time to, to benefit the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do something for those who are needy. Do something for those who are heartbroken. Do something for those who just need a little bit of upliftment. You know, with, with this lockdowns, there is no doubt that it is lonely for some right make some phone calls do something good for them inshallah and you will find that when you combine these two things together um, along with making sure that we personally don't sin and do anything that violates this month when you have this triple effect uh, the triangle effect it's of Allah our own souls and the creation of Allah um, we will then blossom as the best servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the benefits of that will uh, we will reap in the hereafter insha'Allah thank you so much uh, for um, being patient with me and listening uh, to these lectures I, f I hope that you found them beneficial the way I found them beneficial um, and insha'Allah we can incorporate some of these lessons into our lives as I mentioned in the beginning please Pray for my family and I, and I will inshallah pray for your family uh, and yourselves. Um, and we will see each other very soon. Wa akhiru da'awan and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammad wa alihi al-tahirin. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.